Pringle, this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty, where we help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this podcast, we'll explore how colleague engagement can help loyalty programs grow effectively by exploring case studies from around the world in different industries. To help us do this, I'm joined by Dave County in Atlanta. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Brilliant, thanks. And uh, Adam Poser in Australia. Hi, Adam. Yeah, hi, Ian. Hi, Dave. Hey, Adam. How's it going? And as a as an added complication in this, Dave's the Irish accent in America, and we've got a South African accent in Australia. So uh... we're uh, we're circumnavigating the, the the world from not from our own place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. There's a good view for anyone can have. So, um, to get started tonight, um, can you give us a brief introduction to yourselves and just your experience in loyalty, and then we'll kick off with some into the subject. So, uh, Dave, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Dave Canty. Um, I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia in the United States, formerly Vice President of Global Loyalty Programs for IHG. Um, I ran both customer and business programs there, um, as well as a subscription program. Uh, prior to that, I was with uh, JetBlue for eight years in New York, so I designed the TrueBlue program, um, which was the first uh, revenue-based program for a major airline in the U.S., and I spent 11 years with Starwood Hotels and Resorts. So I was part of the original team that built SPG. And in there for a brief period, I also jumped into retail uh, and developed AutoZone Rewards for AutoZone, the, the nation's largest auto parts store. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a tremendous journey, lots of learnings and um, looking forward to share. And lots of colleague engagement there too, Dave, on all sides of the fence. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Adam, this was your idea, so no pressure on you at all. Yeah, no, um, I love pressure. Uh, th- thanks, Ian. And yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I'm a uh, 28 years of data-driven marketing, a direct marketer from back in the early days, um, and have got my own loyalty consultancy now. Um, I specialize in 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 designing and defining program structures, strategy, team engagement. That's why you know I'm here today, um, and uh, also author of the For Love or Money annual consumer research study on loyalty and loyalty programs now in its ninth year. Um, And yeah, my passion every day is to wake up and help clients bring their programs out of the sea of sameness and get their teams behind it. So looking forward to the discussion. Perfect. So why don't we kick off with you then, Adam? So can you give us some examples of where you've seen colleague engagement work really well for a loyalty program? Yeah, look, I, I think the the, re, the the examples that I've got to hand and the clients that I've worked with um, have, have really taken uh, team engagement seriously because they're often forgotten. It's all about the financials and the program structures and all of, all of that stuff. But it's about getting the team, especially those on the ground and, and customer facing, customer service, anyone who engages with the member is just so critical. And um, I have a client in, in hospitality that, that found a way to form up a, a, a team of loyalty champions, and in fact, I recommended that that we have almost an internal loyalty program for for their for their team, and we we set a tier one around the, a senior loyalty champion and and a subset of loyalty champions amongst the team, and that worked unbelievably well because there was ownership, uh, there was peer there was peer uh, to peer believability, and it's just worked every day that the loyalty champion was on the floor. Uh, with the team and with customers and that's a great example of how they've taken loyalty from the boardroom into into the into the onto the floor perfect great examples thanks to adam and uh and dave how about you uh, yeah so it's interesting that adam brings up the subject of loyalty champions at ihg um 
at every hotel around the world, we actually had a loyalty champion within the hotel. And on a quarterly basis, we would actually engage all of the loyalty champions on a conference call, just to understand what was happening, what were they seeing um, on the ground within their hotels, within their regions, um, how were customers reacting to the value proposition? How were they using it? Uh, were we having challenges with consistency and, and, and so forth? Um, but it was a great way for us to, to ensure that while, while the strategy was kind of coming from um, the central team, the execution and delivery of it was crystal clear um, and it allowed us to stay in touch. Before IHG, actually, I think the biggest um, example uh, I saw of colleague engagement was at JetBlue. And that was uh, when we were creating the loyalty program for the very first time. We chose to actually put together a whole internal game, for want of a better term, like a quiz. And we made it kind of uh, interactive and enjoyable um, where we interspersed general knowledge questions with questions about the program, what was coming and so forth. And we introduced kind of a, a league table so that colleagues could kind of rank themselves and see how they were doing. And what it also did was it allowed us to actually execute a training mechanism. So people were learning a lot about the program, what was to come, they were able to share feedback um, and uh, they became the biggest advocates for the program then when we launched because they were able to articulate the value proposition. They were able to um, express exactly uh, what they liked about it and, and so forth. And essentially that's what sells uh, the program is making sure that all of your colleagues uh, stand behind it, believe in it and um, can, can deliver it. No, it's a great example, Dave. Um, the one I'd say is uh, is Air Miles. When I first joined Air Miles in the UK, they actually really encouraged all of their staff to join. So it was, it was unlike um, the programs you mentioned, where there's there was no need to have colleagues on the floor of the of of each of the sites because it was a very much a centralised loyalty program. But they encouraged all of their staff to join, and what they did is they gave you miles when you joined and miles on every anniversary. They also gave you part of your bonus every year in miles. They also gave you a cross-sponsor bonus when you shopped at lots of different partners. Finally, what they did is is they also allowed you to use the money, the, the, the miles that you earned to pay for staff travel in the airline. And um, the result of that was a really highly engaged and highly knowledgeable staff because they were all incredibly engaged um, collectors. In fact, of the top five collectors in the whole program, at least one of them was was a member of staff, and that was seen as a very very positive thing within within Air Mars, and it also created a a captive audience of people that really really knew the program. And I'm sure you guys know this. When you do things in a program and you've got an engaged base, often the customer the customers often know more about it than many of the staff. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that. Um, whereas in this program, a lot of the staff, all va the vast majority of the staff, are very well knowledgeable of the program because they were all engaged members. And uh, no, it was, it was very strong. And I, I've, I've not seen that level of, of engagement in, in other airline programs because airlines often discourage staff from being a member of the program. Or if you're buying staff travel and they don't get miles on staff travel, there's no incentive for staff being a member of it, which, which wasn't the case with air miles. And that's a brilliant example of what a, 
of what I've identified as the four pillars to, to team engagement. And the four pillars that, that I work with strategically and then also to execute is enroll, explain, expect, and excite. And that enroll one, which you just explained, Ian, was very critical to get, you know, if, if, you, if you can't engage in the program yourself, how can you explain it to someone else? Um, however, I have had some backlash, which is really interesting from some programs where they've got different staff benefits. And then if their staff go on to the, the loyalty program, it gets a bit confusing as well as sometimes we've found that some of the staff can actually game the program. So you've got there are a little bit of red flags there. I mean, we, we talk positive all the time, but you've got to be very careful about how your team enrolls in the program and what they get um, as part of that process. But just just briefly, I'll, I'll explain the other pillars, which was explain, and, and that's how does your team explain to their customers uh, in 10 words or less uh, the program proposition. And expect is all about setting KPIs for them. You know, what do we expect from our team? You know, is it signups? Is it scan rate? What is it that we expect? And excite is how do we motivate them, which is what you, you gave some great examples, Dave. So I just thought I'd share those four pillars with the audience, enroll, explain, expect, and excite. I think those make sense. But what, what you touched on, the thing that I've come across with lots of companies, is just distrust. And I, I would probably add another one of those pillars as being trust, because you can either choose to trust your staff or not trust your staff. And I think that's the crossroads yeah. that often people come to in this. Because the reason why Virgin Atlantic didn't encourage their staff members, in fact, discourage their staff members from being part of the program, was because of trust mm. or yeah. lack of it. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. often the, the staff members, especially central, uh, central staff members, have access to the system and therefore can can often give miles, receive miles, redeem miles. Exactly. You know, and often that's um, that that's a red rag to some some managers. It's, it's very easy for managers to not do this and to not allow customers and to distrust people. Whereas I actually think the the positives of it far outweigh the risks. I think over the course of time um, of loyalty programs now, though, I, I do think organizations have instilled a, an education within about the importance of their loyalty programs to the overall organization, to the health of the organization. And in order to do that, they, they have to be able to trust everybody who touches that program. I, I actually think that, that trust goes hand in hand with it. I, I think the, the days of distrust has, have, have kind of gone. Now, I might be naive in that, but um, I do think that there are uh, methodologies in place now um, that allow you to kind of monitor all of the, the um, touch points within your program and whether um, you know, there, there's inappropriate activity or whatever going on. You can generally see that pretty quickly and, you know, a lesson to anybody out there, by the way, who uh, happens to work on a loyalty program and even has the slightest thought about messing with it or, or taking advantage of something, there's a digital footprint there now. And you're, you're better off actually uh, highlighting, uh, if you see a loophole, you're better off highlighting that loophole back to the, the, the leadership of that program um, and actually seeing the reward of how you can actually, um, uh, you know, increase the success of the program overall by closing those loopholes. But I think that's the th key thing, isn't it? It's that difference between gaming and fraud. And I think within the MLS program, certainly there was lots of, I'd say, maximizing the program. You know, these guys, especially the really engaged staff members, 
really knew the program and they, if you wanted to know how best to collect miles or where the potential misuse of the program well not misuse but you know where where there was over generosity in in collection the best place to go was would certainly be certain members that you knew were really really engaged members um, yeah, but I mean, I, I, but there was no fraud there it was all just just um enthusiastic collection i'd say yeah i mean i'm i'm a big advocate of every employee of any organization being a part of their loyalty program not yeah. just in the delivery and execution of it but actually being able to enjoy the benefits of it because that really allows them to be proud of the program that they're a part of um and that to me is 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 your number one kind of seller to be perfectly honest if 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 your own crew members your own employees are seeing value it's very easy for them then to sell the program for you no so have you seen any examples where staff engagement has gone wrong or where you think they could have done much better and that that it hasn't worked very well so um i have um in ihg we had um and i think adam touched on this earlier on um when he was talking about kpis so we had enrollment incentives in place for many many years where the more people we got enrolled at at, at the hotel level we we were paying uh, paying out for 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 those back into the a, a shareable pot for for the frontline employees and at one point um the decision was made to remove that incentive and uh, all of a sudden we actually saw enrollments plummet um and it took us years to try and get back to where we were from a trending perspective um and the the whole purpose uh was that we we had we had essentially disengaged our front uh, our front line from the program so we reestablished uh, the the incentives and we saw that uptick again um but i think it's very important to to make sure that you're not undercutting your employees when you're looking for them to deliver on the program and and adam do you have any examples yeah uh, not uh, i think what what went wrong with one of my uh, uh, clients when i was working on on this whole team engagement piece was it was a franchise group and so you know they just didn't get the franchisees engaged early enough um, and there was a lot of backtracking in other words uh, you know getting them behind the program believing in it um, you know and seeing the benefit for their for their franchise uh, it took a bit of a bit longer than we expected, so you know that was that was the big learning for me. Is how do you get the, the franchisees engaged really, really early on in in the conceptual stage, in the in the design stage, so that they you know they take it with them al- uh, along into their teams as well. Um, so that was a learn a, a good learning. But just back to the the employee engagement at at point of sale or or at. Um, you know, on the store, on the ground, we we did a we did a little competition. It's a quite a cute example where uh, to to encourage signups. What we did was we had a competition so that you know the whole leaderboard about how many members they could sign up. But what what the prize was that the member would be drawn out and, and win a huge prize. But the staff member who's who signed up that member also won. And so the more that they signed up, the more opportunity the staff members had to to win a huge prize. And when their customer won the prize and they along, and it was a big hotel a travel prize, you know, it was very exciting. Um, but, they were, you know, they had this incentive that if they if their customer won, so did they. No, it's a great example, Adam. 
Um, yeah, and, and and building on that, Ian, I think the 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 purpose of we all know that redemption breeds loyalty from a customer perspective, and allowing your uh, employees taste that element of it as well is hugely important. Yeah, yeah I mean the, the the thing that the example I'd use of people that where it hasn't worked is in this discouraging their staff members from being a part. And I think, you know, there's that famous quote by Benjamin Franklin where he said, tell me and I'll forget, show me and I may rem- remember, but involve me and I will learn. And mm. and it's, it's exactly that, involve them in the program and you, you get all the benefits of that because just telling them how it works, if, if, you, if you stop them being a part of the program, all you can do is tell, tell, tell. And that just doesn't gain engagement or, or learning in any totally. way near as well as engage, involving them in the program because then you get the secondary feedback too because they'll tell you what's good or bad about the program. And we exactly. certainly saw that in Air Miles for sure. Yeah, and I, I think I think to, to that point, Ian, and we've discussed this many times, um, involving your employees and your team, the broader team as well. I'm not just talking about the loyalty team. I'm talking about the broader uh, company team and even out in the field getting them uh, involved in the loyalty program and educating them on all of the intricacies because loyalty is quite intricate when you get in there, but you can learn an awful lot about the commercial side of the business. And it really is a tremendous kind of growing area. If you really want to kind of uh, learn a, little, a lot more about what your overall business is doing, there's no better place to get a, a kind of 360 view than in the loyalty team. And anybody that I've ever had come into my team, they've always gone on to, to greater things. In some cases, many of them have stayed in loyalty and gone to other companies and grown um, exponentially. Um, but I, I, I can't advocate for that uh, enough because I do think bringing them on the journey, allowing them to learn not just about the, you know, the mechanisms, but what, how does it all work under the under the hood, um, is hugely important, and I think that's uh, that's something that we we shouldn't lose sight of. Yeah, and I think you touched on something at the beginning there that I'd, I'd I'd like to add to too, Dave. Is this thing about complexity? I think especially in programs which are complex, and let's face it, frequent flyer programs are can be really complex, and to me. The, the people that, if you really understand those top tiers, the really highly engaged top tier collectors, they often have this thing of a pride of having cracked the code. And having cracked the code, you need to have people in your organization that also understand that code. And that can't just be one or two members of the Frequent Flyer team. I think that has to be, for the safety and the, the, the integrity of, the, of everything to do with the Frequent Flyer program, you need more people within your organization who know that code. And that's really important for complex programs. Yeah, and it's interesting. I just want to take on from what Dave said, and you talked about knowing the intricacies of the program. I go a step before that, and then we involve wider teams, and we not only, as you said, the loyalty team, but all the other operational departments, and and right down to to store level managers and so on. In actually the development of the program proposition, so we do internal Absolutely. surveys to hundreds of the of the team members, even getting them to name the program, competitions for naming the program but also to give their ideas for benefits. And it's just incredible how excited they get to be involved in the development, not only in understanding once it's developed, 
but involved in the development. I mean, the ultimate decisions are with the loyalty team, but that whole engagement process from the beginning has been very powerful. You know, Adam, I, I, I love that you brought that up because I do think that involving them in the creation and the development and, and design of the program is hugely valuable as well. And I, I have to call out Jeff Blue here because we did that right across the organization, but there was a culture there that allowed that to happen. One of the other yeah. great things that JetBlue does is, I don't, I don't know if you're aware, Adam, but JetBlue names all of their planes. And Blue will, in some cases, kind of, um, in most cases, actually, will come into the name, whether, you know, it's Blue for you or um, uh, looking forward to Blue Days, different things like that. Um, and it was it was actually a competition internally for all the crew members to submit their their um, their ideas on what the name of the next plane uh, coming out was going to be, um, and they were awarded then with not just a model plane with their name on it, um, but also um, we we overlaid that with uh, an element of true blue points. So that just kind of shows that involving your 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 team. In every aspect of your business, whether it's loyalty or not, um, will bear fruit. It also shows that everyone in airlines loves a model plane. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they I love say- it. They love it. <laughs> Give them a model plane every time. Um, so, just to sum up, guys, um, I know you've got your four pillars, Adam, but if I can get you down to three, what would your three pieces of advice be for um, people? getting into engagement. So Dave, do you want to go first? Maybe Dave, maybe Adam can go last with his four. Dave? Okay. Um, the, so the, the, the three things um, I would say is involve, get, get your, your team involved early. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about that. So it's early engagement internally. Secondly is allow them to actually experience the benefits of the program. So not just the accumulation, but really kind of hit home on the redemption side, because that ultimately is the the value proposition. And also open up forums that allow them to give feedback, uh, not on just your program, but what they're seeing across the world in in their everyday lives that, that can add to your value proposition. So... You know, keeping your ears open and listening all the time is is important, but keeping them as part of the journey is um, is even more beneficial. And the two uh, and the two I would add to that is I would say encourage supplier offers and competitions. You know, partners are often a really important part of loyalty programs, and actually they're more than happy to engage your staff too, and they're more than happy to fund things. So, you know, um, we used to do a lot of things with partners and I always encourage it because they do have deep pockets and they, they a win for them is a win for your customers and a win for your staff. So I'd really encourage that. I was going um, to suggest those two as well, but you only gave me three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I'd say is keep an eye on fraud, but don't let it rule your life and don't let the finance department rule you over, over you on this because... The benefits of doing it far outweigh the benefits of the, the, the risks of, of not trusting your staff. And then I'll hand across to you, Adam, to re, re, reinforce your four pillars here. So, Yeah, look, thanks. Um, this means a great discussion. So my four, four pillars are based on four E's. Uh, enroll, as we've discussed, get them to enroll in the program uh, and be a part of it. Explain, uh, make sure they can express their proposition in 10 words or less. 
or as Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. Um, expect, said, said KPIs, know what they're delivering to the bigger picture and excite, keep them motivated and excited about the program. Enroll, explain, expect, excite are my pillars uh, and, uh, to share with everyone. Perfect. Thanks, Adam. So thank you very much to my guest tonight. So thank you, David. You're welcome, Ian. It was great talking to you. And uh, Adam, uh, hope, hopefully we'll get to see you in the flesh at some point. Have a time. Exactly. That'll be great. Thanks. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Dave. This has been really interesting. And thanks, Adam. And thank, thank you all for listening. And if you like this podcast tonight, please like, share and comment on LinkedIn using the hashtag Loyalty Podcast. And thank you all. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you and goodbye.